the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hey guys, before we start the show, I wanted to give a shout out to an awesome podcast that I've really been loving lately called The Creepy Crap Podcast. The name is awesome, and the show is awesome, too. He goes over a lot of horror movies, so if you're like me and Hugh and you love your daily dose of horror, he covers it all, and it's really entertaining, so it would mean a lot if you guys would go check him out. The link's down below. Show him some of that good dark love. Due to the mature content of this program, listener discretion is advised. Thanks for tuning back into the Depth of Darkness, the podcast that dives deep into all things dark and wrong in this world. I forgot what I was going to say, but I'm Mandy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm retired Major Huge Ass. Coming at you. In your face. (laughs) Yes. As always. As always. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. As always. Uh, today, we're going a little bit lighthearted. You know, last episode was a little bit dark. Yeah. This one can be dark, too, depending on how you view these creatures. But I love mythology, and I love mythological creatures. And what better creature to talk about than fairies? Fairies They're, they're are delightful. Awesome. <laughs> what? I love me some flair. Some f- <laughs> I love me some... F- I, can't, I keep saying flairies. I love me some fairies. <laughs> Mandy's been hitting the sauce today, people. <laughs> yeah. The absinthe. And we'll get there soon. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't, because I don't like licorice. And you said it has licorice or it has that, yeah. in it. Some would say yeah. anus. <laughs> it smells like anus. Smells mm, like it anus. Taste I like can't anus? get it out of my nostrils. <laughs> The the way we're tying in absinthe is there's some myth around it. I'm doing some finger twitching right now, like spirit fingers. Red rum. Red rum. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's some myth around it that if you drink enough absinthe, if you get to that hallucinatory stage, you meet a fairy known as the Green Fairy. So I'm going to start us off with fairies because I'm sure you guys want to hear about it. So... The first article we're going to dive deep 
into is taken from timelessmyths.com. And it's regarding Celtic fairies. Because those are the best. You bet. Celtic mythology coming at you. So I'm going to first, I'm going to basically read this verbatim, kind of butcher it as I go, but that's where it's taken from. And I'm going to first discuss the origin of the fae or the fairies. So the term fairy, it comes from the old French word fairy. It's just spelled differently. Mm. F-A-E-R-I-E. That's actually how I spell it anyways. That's like the traditional way of spelling it. So. The word has been overused to describe a supernatural being. There's a great deal of difference in classifying a being as a fairy from the medieval literature and those from modern literature, especially those belonging to the Celtic tradition. There are other traditions such as that found in English, German, and Slavic folklores. Today, when we think of fairies, we often visualize them as tiny supernatural beings with wings and glowing with uncommon light in today's children fairy tales. Fairies everywhere! I love fairies. And they also possessed... Th- this person has crap grammar. I just got to point that yeah. out. I'm, I'm, I'm like correcting it as I read. And they also possessed some sort of strange magical powers, like Tinkerbell and the story of Peter Pan or the fairy godmother in Cinderella. The modern fairies between the 18th and 20th century comes from oral tradition before they were transmitted into writing. That's the best kind. You know, the oral traditions, the oral stories that were handed down from generation to generation. I like those better. Who doesn't <laughs> love oral? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're twisting this to make it so unpure, and it's just so innocent at first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's compose ourselves. This is going to be a very... Uh, uh, uncordial, if that's even a word, episode. Uh, make it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going as we go. The fairies are supernatural beings that can be best described by the Greek word daimon. D-A-I-M-O-N. Like a demon, which means spirit. They're not divinity, i.e. god or goddess, in the usual sense of the word, and yet they are not mere mortal. Often, it is easier to classify them as minor divinity. Okay. I kind of view them as like what, like a spirit guide? That's what I would kind of classify them as. Yeah. They can either be helpful and charming or they can be mischievous. It all depends on the type. So back to this. However, if we look at the idea of fairies, then you would find that they that they have been around a lot longer than everyone expects. Perhaps the earliest form of fairies can be found loosely in the mythical beings in Greek mythology, such as the nymphs Satyrs and Seleni. The nymphs from ancient Greek myths can be considered as fairies, and they existed as early as the time of Homer, right in the Iliad and the Odyssey. Even the river gods in Greek myths can be classified as fairies, according to the author. These are spirits or minor deities of nature or of the natural phenomena. Cool! Yeah. It's getting exciting. Giving you a history lesson here, everybody. Yeah, don't you love it? Yeah, wake up and listen. <laughs> Yeah, listen to this. Damn it, the fairies are coming at you. And then there are household or guardian spirits that can be found in Roman religion and mythology, such as the Penates, Lairs, and Jenny, or Jenni. Genie. The, oh, like the djinn. <laughs> That's right. The, yeah. The Norse ver- I'm so smart. I love it. Oh, no. The Norse versions of the fairies are the wide variety of elves and the Desir that exist in the Teutonic traditions. The Valkyries could also be classified as fairies. 
I feel like I, I didn't know this. I feel like this could be just the author's opinion. Maybe I'm mistaken. Mm. I don't know. Because when you think of fairies, I mean, again, maybe I am going off of that traditional storybook image. But not really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. More the, the Disney image. That's what you get yeah. planted in your brain. Yeah, I, I like the fairies from Pan's Labyrinth. I think those are yeah. probably the coolest. I think there's Kinda. there's good ones and there's bad ones. And right. The bad like, ones are like little bratty kids, you know? Uh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, get Chums the hell balls. out of here or I'm getting the flies water. You know? <laughs> you little bastards. But yeah, it... It was during the time of Queen Elizabeth I of England where William Shakespeare had popularized fairies and English folklore in his play Midsummer's Night Dream. I love that. Yeah, it's a good story. With, it's a good one. With the characters Oberon, Titania. Is that how you say her name? Titania? Titania? I haven't yeah, seen this we'll play in ages. All right, there we go. And Puck. Yeah, Puck. Puck. Earlier than Shakespeare, Chaucer mentioned that the land of Britain was filled with fairies before the time of King Arthur. Cool. Yeah. In the, Arth- <laughs> in the Arthurian legends, the divine or fairy figures also appeared in abundance. Morgan, Arthur's half-sister, seemed to be a great sorceress and healer, and she was often called Morgan le Fay. Her nickname Fay, which means fairy... And it's spelled F-A-Y. But yeah. you can also refer to fairies as Faye. F-A-E. And I always heard her name was ah. Morgana, by the way. So, I, I don't know. Again, this author seems <laughs> kind of... Uh... He's rewriting history, the bastard. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. And then there is this Lady of the Lake. Arthur's wife, Guinevere, Guinevere. Guinevere, if you will, uh, in the Welsh tradition, also appeared to be a fairy, as well as the sovereignty goddess. Many knights were either born from fairies, or they took female fairies as their lovers. Even Merlin was only part mortal. What a guy. Yeah. Then you would discover that these images of fairies are not the only kind. Oh my god, but wait, there's more. There were all sorts in fairy tales and folklores. Some are benign, while others are malignant. Maligned? Maligned. <laughs> Maligned. <laughs> malignant. <laughs> yeah. Is it malignant or benign? <laughs> and hostile to mortals. Yeah. Some were seen as fair, while others were considered ugly and monstrous to look at. Mm-hmm. They can come in all sizes and shapes, tall or short, fat or skinny, so there's really no clear definition of fairies of what they may look like. Different types of fairies may also have different types of magical powers. I feel like this guy had a dream. Yeah. You know, he he had a very uh, vivid dream about fairies, and apparently this is what he came up with. He just barfed it all out onto this article. Yeah. So what are these fairies? Where do they come from? To understand what they are, we should look at some of those found in Celtic mythology and other Celtic traditions. But then you would discover that fairies are not just confined in Celtic traditions. Well, no S-H-I-T, dumbass. Huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, we know this. We know it's found in all different traditions. What is this guy talking about? Who was the author of this article? I don't have it written down here. <laughs> You got me on that one. All right, whatever. It's just Carrying as well. on. Yeah, he's he's kind <laughs> he's of a moron. Been called several names, so yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm not sorry. <laughs> there are enough kinds of fairies to confuse anyone because sometimes writers have associated one fairy with a different kind. In Celtic religion, there was Celtic deities in Gaul (parentheses France and Belgium), Hispania (Spain), and Britannia 
Britain, during the Roman occupation of these regions or provinces. But the situation changed when Christianity spread to the west and north. These deities that were worshipped before the conversion to Christianity were reduced to the status of fairies in Celtic mythology and folklore. Okay, so he's taking basically like pagan deities, gods and goddesses. And when Christianity, you know, came to reign and they slaughtered a bunch of the pagans for conversion rites, um, that's what happened. They basically belittled the gods and goddesses into more so like a fairy creature. Is that what he's saying? Uh, he seems like he's intimating uh, something. Okay. So in Ireland, the gods in the Tuatha de Danann were degenerated to the roles of fairies, Dagda and Luke. People living under the Dune Mound or Fabled Islands or even within underwater domains. Similar degeneration occurred with old deities in Wales, Scotland, and other surviving pockets of Celtic kingdoms, such as Cornwall, Brittany, and Isle of Man. Well, that sucks. Taking <laughs> all these ancient religions and bastardizing them, making them less of what they are. That's, that's not right. These earlier Celtic traditions of fairies, the former Irish or Welsh deities, were also not fairies in the usual sense. They looked very much like humans in size and shape, except that they have special magical powers and they seemed eternally young. But they don't have wings. The Danans, or their Welsh counterparts, were usually seen as race, as a race of fair people. So they were light complexion, you know, possibly blondish hair, blue eyes, green eyes, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they can die just as mortals can, but their lives could last hundreds or even thousands of years. The problem is that sometimes the Christian authors have also turned them into beings serving the devil and that the fairies were actually demons. However, this view is no longer shared today. I'm trying to really get... Uh, you know, put some oomph into my voice when I read this. Make it more enticing. <laughs> yeah. These medieval fairies are different from the common folklore and fairy tales of today. The Tuatha de Danann is nothing like the brownie, leprechaun, and goblin of these later traditions. Every mm. time I hear brownie, I just get hungry. I'm like, mmm. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I don't think we're talking about the same thing here. We're not talking about that. It's not no. the food. It's a creature. So now I'm going to go over the types of fairy people. It's okay. You can calm down. We're done with that horribly written uh, grammatical poop that I just Goodbye. read. <laughs> Pile of excrements. So the types of fairy people found in mythology and lore include, but not limited to, the Banshee. I'm sure we've all heard of that tale of lore, the screaming banshee. It's quite frightening. That's apparently part of the fairy kingdom. I'm going to butcher these. Beoban Sith. Ooh, I spit when I said that. Same to you. <laughs> Beoban Sith. Brownie, yeah. as I said, delicious. Changeling. We already know what changelings are. Yeah. Those are probably one of my favorites. They're terrifying in every sense of the word, but they're, yeah, they're cool. Uh, another one I probably won't pronounce, Dulahan, Duyahan, something like that. Mm. Elf, the fool, the or, yeah, Elven Kingdom, the fool, also known as Amandan, a goblin, okay. leprechaun, the puka. I, re I remember talking about puka back when we, when we did that ghouls, goblins, and changelings yeah. episode. Puka. Yeah. And then last one, Washer at the Ford. I think that's a tale. Sprites, naiads, nymphs, all those crazy ones. 
I don't think they were included in the first list. They might have been further down in the article, but honestly, I didn't want to read anymore. I'm like, this guy, no, mm -mm. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. My brain hurts. All righty then. So now going off of this list, there's obviously more. Uh, Hugh just mentioned a few more. And we don't want to include that all into this one episode because that would just drag on and on and on and on. So we're right. going to actually do separate episodes to go over many of those other creatures. But honestly, if we tried to go over them all in this one episode, you'd be sitting here for quite some time, to say the yeah. least. So... You'd need electroshock therapy at the end. Uh, yeah. So for now, we're going to move on over. We're going to move on over to the one. It's one of my personal favorites. And that is, drumroll, Green Fairy. You're about Take it away, Hugh. Coming at you. Chasing the Green Fairy, colon, Absinthe, comma, fact and fiction. Ooh. This is an article written on Earth.com by Richard Pallardy, January 23rd, 2019. Earth.com cool. staff writer. Okay. Is La Fille Verte, the Green Fairy, a benign or malignant force? See, it was malignant. Romanticized <laughs> by artists and writers and condemned as a cause of dissolution by social reformers, Absinthe, that famously green astringent liquor has only recently shed both extremes of its reputation. Really, it's just strong alcohol. Very strong. 50 to 72% alcohol Yay. by volume. It smells like it, anus. Yeah. I mean anus. Making it 100 <laughs> to 144 proof, depending on the variety. And which I might add, I happen to have the 65% alcohol brand. Nice. Viewpontarlier. And it uh, is 130 proof. Nice. Both its rumored hallucinogenic properties valorized by the Bohemian set and its supposed capacity to drive its consumers to depravity, promulgated by prohibitionists, <laughs> have so in the past several decades been revealed as part of a fascinating but largely baseless mythology. This guy mm. likes to use big words with yeah, tons does. of syllables. At okay. least he uses big words, unlike the guy from the article I read. Yeah, it seems like he quotes... Uh, puts everything in the proper order anyway just like any <laughs> alcoholic drink it's neither inherently good or bad nothing aside from its high proof distinguishes it from other spirits in terms of its effects on the drinker absinthe is distilled from a high proof spirit such as brandy in which dried wormwood and other herbs have been steeped like you do it with a tea bag and warm water tea bagging it yep tea bagging <laughs> Wormwood yeah. imparts a distinctive bitter flavor, while fennel, funiculum vulgari, and Ooh. anus, some pronounce anus, pimpinella <laughs> anusum, lend the drink it, its licorice notes. Ick. Lemon balm, Melissa officinalis, and hysop, mm. hysopus officinalis, are added to some recipes. Wormwood, in particular, is the key ingredient. Absinthe derives its name from the Greek for wormwood, absinthian. Ooh. Of the 200 species of wormwood, which belongs to the Compositae family, whatever that means, Grand cool. Wormwood, Artemisia absinthium, and Petite or Roman Wormwood, Artemisia pontica, are preferred. The latter is often used to give its drink its color, which Neat. is like, they call it peridot green. It's kind of Brad a green. real bright <laughs> greenish, yellowy kind of, it's really, really, really cool looking. 
Yeah. The use of wormwood as a flavoring agent is predated by its use as a medicinal herb, which dates back to the ancient Egyptians. It's first mentioned in the Ebers Papyrus, a medical treatise, dated to 1551 B.C. Damn, that's a while back. The ancient yeah. Greeks and Romans used it too. Pythagoras of Samos and Hippocrates both suggested the use of wormwood as a pain reliever, and Pliny the Elder described its ingestion by chariot racers as a reward for victory, claiming that its salutary benefits balanced its bitterness. Mm. Boy, that's a mouthful. The yeah. plant got its common name from its efficacy as a vermicide. That is, it aided patients in voiding parasitic intestinal worms. A 1950, <laughs> a 1957, no, a 1597 herbal describes its utility as a moth repellent, which probably explains a lot to those averse to absence asperity. Once again, free use of the word ass. <laughs> ass all over the place it's got ass coming in all directions so to speak <laughs> wormwood yep. use in the liquor that now bears its name dates to about 1769 when it is believed that two sisters by the name of Henriad began selling an absinthe concoction as a health drink in Cuvée, Switzerland a doctor, Pierre Ordinaire, who moved to the same town in 1768, also began selling an absinthe drink as a purgative elixir. Purgative? Okay. What does that mean? Maybe it's purgative, meaning to throw up. Yeah. In 1789. He patented it in 1792. Whether he obtained his recipe from the Henriads, whom he knew or not, is the subject of some debate. Oh, I'll bet he probably stole it. Probably I'm just guessing. Dick. Yeah. So anyways, basically what, what it goes to, it, it talks about many uses of this this awesome drink, absinthe, mm -hmm. uh, to help with all sorts of ailments, returning soldiers, drinking absinthe, you know, to help them get over their, their worries, their problems, their pain. Uh, other people just wanting to feel high, you know. <laughs> and you could go yeah. on and on with the great artists of the late 1800s, like... You know, Toulouse-Lautrec and Van Gogh and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Manet and some of these other guys. They were real big absinthe drinkers. And also, even some writers of more of the modern era, Hemingway, was uh, said to like this stuff quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, for a long time, it was uh, illegal in the U.S. No, oh, yeah. In fact, it wasn't even until the 2000s. Uh, that they made it legal again to purchase, which is when I bought some View Pontarlier for the first time. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I believe it was 2009 when I got that bottle. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. And nice. if they're out there listening, I could use some more. It's starting to get low. <laughs> Just saying. Shout out. Send us some shout freebies. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap plug. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, this stuff, uh, I'm going to go over just a brief way to make it up right okay and we the are going to tie this into how absinthe relates yes, to fairies i am going so to. you aren't like completely lost to. because you get you kind <laughs> of get kind of the whole effect of it see oh yeah uh making the absinthe you need a the best way to do it is with an absinthe crystal glass it has a little reservoir at the bottom that you just fill up with pure absinthe okay uh, it's just the right amount. And then you balance what they call an absinthe spoon 
over the top of the glass. And mm-hmm. I usually use two sugar cubes. And from there, you just drip. It's uh, four parts, I believe, four parts of ice cold water slowly dripped over the uh, sugar cubes into the mm-hmm. absinthe. And while you're mm-hmm. doing that, it creates this thing they call a loche, which is, um, it turns from that bright yellowy green into mm-hmm. like a pale kind of cloudy color and uh, it Mm -hmm. still maintains a little bit of a misty green to it and Hmm. i'll tell you what your whole house smells like anus (laughs) 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 that's when you get it in your nostrils and licorice (laughs) and fennel and uh Ugh, i like the smell of licorice but i hate the taste of it i want to try it so bad i want to oh, meet the green good. fairy but oh, uh... anyway Ugh. so it takes a while to do it properly you know some people believe in lighting the ice cubes on, uh the excuse me the sugar cubes on fire mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of that that's more of a that's more, more of a yeah that's something that that wasn't done in the old days. That's more mm-hmm. of a new, new age kind of way to do it. Make it yeah. your own, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, try it; you'll like it. And if you drink enough of it, <laughs> getting to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> here it comes. If you drink enough of it, I've only drank two of these at a time. Okay, I've mm-hmm. never seen the Green Fairy. I've mm-hmm. never seen like uh, stuff growing through the floor, like vines and stuff, like some people. Do uh, see it's been reported several times, you know, like something out of Jumanji. That and, sounds like uh, something from the movie The uh, Midsummer, the one I did a yeah. review on. They, they, I'm yeah. pretty sure they give her some sort of hallucinogen. It might have been absinthe for all I know, but oh, yeah. she, she looked at the ground. Yeah, I think that is what it is. She looked at the ground and it was like the grass and the plants were like growing up into her body. So it's like she yeah. was one with the earth. I'm like, oh. Right. <laughs> it's very... Very. It sounds like it's got a very uh, LSD quality to it, from what yeah. people have described. I've Neat. never drank enough of it, but I would imagine, you know, I'm a bigger guy, I'm huge ass, <laughs> so maybe it would take me a little more than just two. Maybe it would take four of them to really light me up. Maybe but, five. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You're like, shut up, man. Shut up over there. <laughs> anyway, uh, where I was going with this is... If you drink enough, you're going to have a good time, and maybe you'll just see something green. That's what they're saying. That's what they talk about with the Green Fairy. The Green Fairy is actually uh, a myth associated with absinthe. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is where it comes from. Some people call absinthe itself the Green Fairy. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I would one of, highly recommend it, though. Oh, yeah. One of my coworkers actually said uh, that he drank a lot of absinthe, and he saw the Green Fairy. I didn't ask him too much because I was at work. I didn't want us to get in trouble because we were talking about absinthe, you know? <laughs> it's kind of taboo in the workplace, you know? Hmm. But uh, I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You met the Green Fairy. I got yeah. real excited over it. So it is possible. But, yeah, that's we wanted to tie it in. So, I mean, that's about it for today's episode. We wanted to tie in the lore of fairies in general because I'm fascinated by them, as well as the green fairy, which a lot of people have reported actually meeting. Yeah. Meeting and greeting with uh, enough consumption of absinthe. So, you've got the perfect recipe now, thanks to you. (laughs) Go uh, brew that up. Let us know how you like it. Let us know if you meet the green fairy because I want to know. 
So that about wraps it up for this magical episode, if you will. We hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. Yes. Oh, yeah. We enjoyed it a lot. And uh, I definitely love myth. I love mythology. I've already mentioned that. And lore. I-, I love it all. I love anything magical. And in this article, the the bad grammared one, uh, he did talk about a lot of stuff. And it's not just Celtic religions who believed in fairies. Um, you know, people today still believe in fairies. Yeah, I am one of them. It. Don't come at me. Don't judge me. I believe in fairies. But not like the prissy, you know, <laughs> Tinkerbell ones. I don't believe they look like that. But I believe they are real beings. Yep. But just the idea of it, even if they aren't real, you know, I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong if you don't believe in it. But, you know, I think it's cool. If they are real, they're cool. Um, And they're so mysterious and mischievous little creatures, and I love it. So now, now we're coming up to the exit of the show. And before we leave you, you just buckle up. You stay tight in your seats. You buckle up real good, real snug. Let's go dive deep into the closing statements because we know you just can't get enough of it. Yeah, get ready for it. If you enjoy our show and want to help us spread that dark cheer, then head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us a rating or review to let other listeners know how awesome we are. And I'm pretty sure you can leave us reviews on other sites as well. Stitcher, Google Podcasts, possibly even Spotify. I don't know. There's a lot of podcast hosts out there. So whichever one you guys listen to, if you are able to leave us a rating or review, please do so because it's much appreciated. This next part is for all of you who really, really love this show. And I mean really love us. (laughs) (laughs) And you need that extra bit of Mandy and Hugh Jass in your face each week. If that sounds like you, then maybe it's time for you to join our dark abyss and become a patron. Yeah. You'll get access. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. You'll not only get access to exclusive content and bonus episodes each week. That's right. Every week you get extra content. I'll give you a bonus episode. Yeah. In your face. But you'll also get automatic entry into all of our Patreon exclusive giveaways. You'll get freebies. You'll get exclusive merch. And you'll get a whole crap more. A whole crap ton more. A whole bunch more. All up in your face. So dive deep into the darkness with us and show us that dark love. Links down below for that patronage. Oh, yeah. But until next time, everybody, bye. Give me five on the backside. We're making lower emission vehicles our priority. Reusable packaging, our priority. And carbon capture research to offset emissions, our priority. Because Earth is our priority. At FedEx, we know sustainability means a lot to you. And we feel the same way. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.